your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and the Odyssey app. Doing so does not cost you a single cent and ensures you never miss another episode. As always, before we kick off this episode, I just want to say thanks again for making Locked on Winnipeg Jets your first listen of the day. We really appreciate your support and look forward to sharing this adventure of a Winnipeg Jets season in which I'm frankly quite optimistic. I've said it before. I've talked about it on previous episodes. I feel like this year's Jets team is going to be fun. And actually, we have some thoughts from tonight's Winnipeg versus Edmonton outing in preseason that I think you're going to want to hear. Let's first start off with the opening period. The Jets kind of came out looking like they were intent on on running this AHL squad that they were facing into the ground. The Oilers have been okay in preseason, but tonight's lineup, I think you would expect them to get pancaked because they were going against what looks like a more starting lineup version of the Jets, and what the Oilers trotted out was, yeah, not exactly an NHL squad. In fact, if you told me that it was the Bakersfield Condors, I would have believed you. It's that bad. So... You'd kind of expect the Jets to take care of business, but we all know how Winnipeg can be. Sometimes the unexpected happens and the Jets falter a little bit. Not tonight, though. This team, especially a particular line, Zvechnikov, Perfetti, and Harkins were really clicking. Everyone was dumping shots on net. I thought that there were some really high danger opportunities created, which, again, you would expect against a team that's not exactly putting out an NHL all-star lineup. But even still, I think what we saw from the Jets was pretty impressive. And I really have to say that that third line of Perfetti, Zvechnikov, and Harkins was absolute dynamite. It's a really good combination of skill sets, and I think it's one of the most well-balanced lines we've seen from the Jets in ages. Why does it work? Well... Harkins is really skilled, right? He's got a lot of skill, but he's also an effective four-checker. So in his ability to kind of grind into spaces and find soft opportunities near the net, Harkins is actually very effective at that if you give him skill to work with. If you pair him with somebody like Nate Thompson, he's going to struggle because he really needs people to feed him in order to find those good scoring opportunities. And then you've got Perfetti, who possesses some of the best vision and passing we've seen on a Jets player in ages. I mean, he's rivaling even top guys like Mark Shifley, Blake Wheeler, Nikolai Ehlers. But in terms of skill sets and IQ and and high-end spatial awareness and stuff like that, I think Perfetti might be better than everyone the Jets have ever played. I mean, this guy is just... Quite honestly, in certain areas, he's a genius. I've talked about that before, but really, when you see some of the stuff that he was doing tonight, especially his his pass, which was an assist on an opening goal, it's hard not to fall in love with the tool sets that he brings. He's got a lethal shot, which he's shown off in training camp and in preseason. He's got excellent spatial awareness and attack positioning, especially in the slot area. He's got unbelievable passing and vision. I mean, the only thing that you could really say about him that's maybe lacking a little bit is his acceleration and top-end gear, but even then, his mobility is fine. The only other thing he's really lacking is experience, which is only gained by going to the NHL and playing regularly. So, once he gains that kind of stuff and gets more physical maturity, Perfetti's going to be a monster. I think he's got Superstar all over him. 
He's probably one of the most exciting talents that's come through here. And the way that he really worked with, with Zvechnikov and uh, Harkins in that first period, I thought was marvelous. Harkins, for his part, got credit on the opening goal, which had assists from that entire line. You love to see it. Svechnikov with a uh, neat little tip, and then Harkins ended up kind of shoveling it home. Perfetti also got a fabulous assist on a great cross-slot pass. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that this line just seems to do with ease. You're going to hear that this line is a regular factor across this entire recap because, let's be honest, this third line was easily the best on the night. Not everything for Winnipeg was sunshine and roses, though. I felt like the Schmidt-Morrissey pairing I was hoping for a bit more from. Schmidt, for his part, I thought looked very good. He was very active in carrying the puck. He's got shades of Jake Truba in his game, which I think is the kind of stuff that you would want to see if you're giving him, like, a Josh Morrissey as his pairing partner. But I think Morrissey, for me, just really wasn't doing it. It felt like Morrissey at times was dropping, you know, below the face-off circles and stuff, but in terms of efficacy of these activations and whatnot, I wasn't really impressed with the results, and I felt like once he was on the power play, things just sort of stagnated. I also kind of felt like the Connor Shifley-Wheeler line wasn't really having the kind of performance I was hoping for. I mean, it was okay, but again, they also got like a power play shift, wasn't super impressed, it wasn't, like, atrocious to watch, but it also wasn't great. It kind of took this line a little bit more uh, time to start getting up to speed, but what does concern me a little bit is that some of the same issues we've seen in previous years did kind of pop up here, a couple of extended defensive zone shifts, and against AHLers, that's not really a great sign. The uh, the line of Stastny, Veselainen, and Lowry, I thought, had a pretty okay opening shift. Veselainen, you know, first couple of shifts were a little bit unsteady, but as he started to gain more confidence and get more into a groove of finding spaces to pass into and creating shot lanes, I felt like he was really showing off some of that power forward ability that apparently the Jets are trying to get out of him. I don't know that that's the best way for him to develop his game. I still think that he really is, at heart, a natural shooter. But if they want to start getting him into like a more playmaker role, then some of these shifts are, are going to be a necessity. I, I don't really think that he's a strong forechecker necessarily. I feel like he's the kind of guy who works better when he's got open space. But it seems like for some reason Winnipeg wants to make him a lot more involved physically along the walls, which I feel like takes away from some of his better skill sets. But we'll see if anything comes of it. Even still, I thought Veselainen was able to string together a few quality shifts. I feel like his game is, is definitely progressing from where it was a couple of years ago but we still kind of want to see a little bit more from him. Aside from that, Heinola DeMello was looking pretty good. Um, of course, I'm always going to say that uh, DeMello pairings tend to be a lot better than a pairing without DeMello. In general, Dylan just seems to be a very steadying presence, and once Heinola was with him, it felt like they had their gapping right, their passing was good. Just in general, a really stable pairing. And you could probably say the same for the most part when it came to Kovacevic and Stanley. I still think that this pairing needs to be split. I think Kovacevic is maybe a little bit too similar to Stanley in a lot of areas. Um, Logan is okay under pressure, but again, if he starts facing a lot of speed and transition ability, that's where he tends to struggle. Kovacevic is a little bit of the same thing, but Kovi tends to handle it a lot better. Because he's not like the fastest, though, I do think he needs to be given like a more mobile D-pairing guy, maybe um, like a Heinola or something on that third pairing. Ideally, I guess uh, somebody thought he might be like a really good seventh defender. I kind of feel like, yeah, on the on the current depth chart, that's probably where he slots in, but Right now, Bolu is definitely going to occupy that spot, and more than likely, you know, he's going to be sent back to the Moose, and he'll anchor that top four. That Kovacevic looks like a potential NHLer is a very good thing all the same. I think he's got some ability. He could certainly boost the Jets' depth, especially in an injury crisis or if they need to kind of rest somebody. We'll see if he gets some NHL minutes as we get near the regular season. 
After all is said and done, we had a 1-0 opening first period where Winnipeg was pretty much in complete control, and I was wondering what we would see in the second period if maybe the Jets would kind of step off the gas pedal a little bit, or if they would continue to push their advantage. We'll check in on period two of this game in just a moment, but before then, I thought you should hear a little bit about why DirecTV is your best option for streaming all of your TV needs. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV all together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract whatsoever. So get rid of that clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's directtv.com. Stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. Compatible with device required. Content varies by package. Go to directtv.com for more information. Are you someone who loves protein bars? Are you tired of all of your favorite protein bars tasting like ash and dirt? Maybe you're ready for a change. And as a fellow protein bar appreciator, I can tell you that Built Bar is your best alternative. It's the only protein bar that tastes more like a candy bar, with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. It comes in several delicious flavors like salted caramel, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, and so many other great flavors. Built Bar often releases very special limited edition, limited quantity flavors that once they're gone, they're gone for good. So stay tuned to their social media platforms and their website to make sure you never miss another flavor. As delicious as Built Bars are, they're even better for you, with most bars clocking in at around 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, and 17 to 18 grams of protein. Built Bars are perfect for every lifestyle, whether you're looking to maintain or lose weight. Placing your order couldn't be easier. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. Place your order today for the best tasting protein bar on the market. Hello friends and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. We're checking back in on period two of Edmonton versus the Winnipeg Jets, although you could argue that it was probably not Edmonton, but more of the Bakersfield Condors. Meanwhile, Winnipeg had put out most of its starting lineup. The first period was definitely firmly in favor of the Jets. They were out shooting the Oilers something like 13-6 to or something like that. And you were probably wondering if the Jets would keep things going or if they would maybe back off a little bit and, and be a bit more conservative. Well, the Jets instead just continued to take over the game and added another three goals. One of them came from the third line, courtesy of Austin Pagansky and Mikey Isamont. I forget who actually got credit for this one. I'm pretty sure it was Pagansky. But basically, Isamont had a nice pass from Vili Heinola, kind of cut through the neutral zone. Isamont was in alone, basically, on the left flank. He had somebody chasing him, but the uh, the Oilers defender really wasn't in a good position to try and stop him. Isamont cut inside and ended up kind of roofing it off of the goaltender. The puck sort of flopped around. Pagansky kind of flies into the crease and is standing in there. And the puck just sort of deflected off of his visor and in, which is probably one of the more unconventional ways you'll see a player score at this level of hockey. But we'll take whatever we can get. The other two goals came courtesy of a magic line that I told you was going to continue to be a factor, this one being, of course, Svechnikov, Perfetti, and the ever-industrious Janssen Harkins. The first goal came from Svechnikov, who tipped a really nice deflection from Logan Stanley. Stanley had a decent point shot that somehow found its way through traffic. Svechnikov tracked the the puck perfectly and just tipped it over the goalie's right pad. A beautiful goal. Um, uh, Svechnikov was kind of overdue, in my opinion, so it was really cool to see him essentially break the monkey on his back. Really 
really not much of a monkey, right? But for him, probably a nice feeling to get this goal. And then the second goal came from Janssen Harkins on a nice feed from Svechnikov. Harkins, though, still did a ton of work himself, taking a really difficult pass up the middle and pulling off a really artful, I don't even know how you describe it. Nifty bit of stick handling, I guess you could say, is the, the easiest way to sum it up as he drove through a couple of defenders and went in alone on a personal sort of self-made breakaway to make it 4 nothing, which was uh, obviously a very nice goal scoreline very fair you could say that the Jets probably deserve more but you have to really appreciate the line of uh, Zvech, Perfetti and, and Harkins man this unit just did work the entire night I was super impressed I would love to see them against real NHLers I think that they've got a great shot at being one of Winnipeg's best depth lines they've had in a while you could arguably shelter them a little bit and give them some easier minutes and I think they would feast it's a it's a right fit it seems like there's good chemistry Perfetti just seems to be magic every time he touches the puck Harkins thrives with skill and then Svechnikov looks like a real player I have to imagine Svechnikov will get some kind of a nice contract of course he's more or less got a deal locked up after this PTO expires but I think there were a lot of questions as to whether or not Svech would actually be healthy enough to play and if he could survive, you know, a couple of early outings, maybe get through the first couple of grindy preseason games, see what he's got left in the tank, right? But it seems like he's got even more than I expected. This fun, exciting version of him seems like the player that was starting to show up and blossom once he finally got healthy in Detroit. Now that he's with the Jets, I hope that he continues to shine because it feels like there's a really bonafide NHLer there, and I'm excited to see if he can really bring a cool scoring presence to some depth lines that frankly need it. You know, the, the third and fourth lines traditionally haven't been really big goal-getters for the Jets for the past couple of years. Now that there's an opportunity for them to start adding in more rotational depth pieces, guys who can maybe bring some serious scoring punch to the team, it feels like Winnipeg might be... I don't know, trending upwards in terms of fun factor. This is the most intriguing and exciting team that we've seen in a long time, so I'm kind of interested to see what we see once uh, we get to like the regular season matchups and, and see what Maurice wants to do with the lineup, but Svechnikov, in my opinion, has to be a starter day one. Harkins is also proving that he definitely deserves some uh, some quality ice time. I would imagine that he'll get on the fourth line with someone like Toninato or Riley Nash or maybe both. Give Harkins some skill to work with, though, and I think he's going to do wonders. Aside from that, the only other thing of note was that the Jets kind of did concede one funny goal to Brad Malone. It was a seeing eye shot that Hellebuck just didn't really see. No one really cares. The Jets were still firmly in control of this game, and it wasn't like they were going to be giving it up anytime soon. I know that this lineup from uh, from the Oilers was pretty rough, but even still, you know, the Jets have had their issues with bad teams before. Not this night, though. We'll check in on the third period and see how the Jets close this game out in just a little bit. But before we go any further, I thought you should hear about why BetOnline.ag should be your number one choice for all your online betting needs. When it comes to the wild, wild west of online betting, you need to know that there's a safe, reliable name that you can trust every single time. That's why you should put your trust in BetOnline.ag. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action coming up. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at BetOnline. Go to the website or use a mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. What's not to love? From football, basketball, boxing, and more, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. And as always, don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your 100% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. 
Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. We are now closing out tonight's episode with some thoughts on uh, Winnipeg versus Edmonton, their preseason game, the second preseason game so far of their early start to the season. And, of course, the Jets were up 4-1 through two periods, and in the third period added a third goal thanks to Kyle Connor. For the last 20 minutes or so, Winnipeg definitely allowed Edmonton to get a little bit more traction. You felt like the Jets were maybe a bit less aggressive, a bit slower to react. Not as much happening, it felt like. For the most part, the Oilers were just playing some catch-up while the Jets maybe taking a few pot shots here and there, creating a few nice chaotic chances that Stuart Skinner had to stop in net. So overall, a nice game for the Jets. They finished it out 5-1. Not anything super crazy, right? If I had some broad takeaways, I think there are a couple of things that are immediately standing out. The first is that goal aside, Connor Scheifele-Wheeler definitely isn't looking particularly fast or strong. I felt like Wheeler looked like he was a step behind, and, you know, Scheifele and Connor unfortunately can't do as much to try and compensate, especially defensively, but Wheeler offensively just really was struggling to keep up. It felt like his passes and touches really weren't crisp. Not exactly what you were hoping to see from the top line against mostly AHLers. Aside from that, the third line was excellent. The second line was okay, I thought. Uh, I don't know that Stastny, Lowry, Veselainen is really the world's strongest combo in terms of like a mixture of skill sets. It's definitely like a big lumbering line, but I feel like if you want Stastny and Veselainen together, you need to have a really skilled pivot. Or make it like Harkins, uh, Stastny, Veselainen or something. You have to give a little bit of skill down the middle somewhere so that Veselainen and another winger have some distribution to work with. Lowry can definitely do like the bang and crash kind of hockey, but I don't think it's a great fit for what those two are looking for. So yeah, a little bit mixed on this line. Um, but of course, I have absolutely no qualms about Perfetti Harkins and Svechnikov playing together. Those guys are brilliant, and it seems like Svechnikov might be a real player. Uh, I'm glad that the Jets signed him to a PTO. Really exciting talent. It seems like he could finally... You know, if he stays healthy, he might finally realize an NHL role that's longer term than just a few games. The fourth line was definitely there. Uh, I would say Isamont had himself a solid showing. Again, he's mostly playing at the level that he'll probably be playing at with the Moose, so nothing too shocking there. Just a very simple drive-to-the-net kind of player with a decent shot. Uh, David Gustafson, I thought, was very nice. He made a couple of really good defensive reads. I thought his work along the walls to create space and open up passing and shooting lanes was very nice. Again, another player who tends to get a bit overlooked, but I thought he had a nice showing. On the defense, DeMello and Heinola had a lot of fun. Heinola especially was starting to get more confident in doing a lot of the lateral uh, skating and, and space creation that he does. Had a couple of really good stutter steps and fakes that just caught people off guard. When he's feeling himself in and pulling off some of those great offensive zone activations and space creations with his really good vision and skating, he's just an absolute menace and a ton of fun at the point. So I'm excited to see what Heinola's future holds. He looked a lot better tonight and more assured. Uh, DeMello was fine. Again, another quality, competent performance. Not much to say there. Um, in terms of other defenders who I was maybe expecting a bit more from, I wasn't really thrilled with Josh Morrissey. Unfortunately for Morrissey, he just looks kind of bad. I, I know that a lot of people are kind of holding out hope that maybe the past year or two was uh, more of an aberration, but unfortunately, I, I just think that this is who Morrissey is. I thought Schmidt was fine, but when Schmidt got aggressive, Morrissey was often somewhere else, not really where he needed to be to cover up for his partner, which if Schmidt has to take away a lot of what makes his game so fun and active, it just doesn't really make him anywhere near as effective. So I don't know if this pairing is really going to do it. You know, I was hoping that uh, Schmidt might be the guy for Morrissey. It doesn't really seem like that's going to be the case. Morrissey at times was completely AWOL and then offensively not really doing anything of note. 
His passing and puck carrying looked very awkward. His shooting was mostly useless. It's just frustrating to see Morrissey struggling this much, and I don't know what they're going to do with him. I feel like they still view him as like a top pairing D, but it's very clear that those days from Morrissey are definitely behind him, if they were ever real. I don't know how you try to hide him on a team like this, but hopefully the Jets kind of cut back his minutes a bit and maybe put him in a more supporting role because right now, as a top pairing D, he's more or less drowning, so not a great time for him. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to get better throughout the season, but I'm really rooting for him. I hope he turns it around. It'd be great on a personal level, and certainly for the Jets if Morrissey is able to rediscover some of his older form. I'd be curious to know your thoughts on this game. Let me know at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's show, though, that is going to do it. Before you log off, don't forget to check out another great podcast for your second listen of the day. Betting on hockey doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by BetOnline.ag wherever you get your favorite media. And as always, thanks for listening, have a great night, and go Jets go!